Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 193, Stop Letting Social Media Hijack Your Life with Brooke White. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. Thank you so much for listening today. As a reminder, this month we are focusing on Take a Break. That is our monthly theme. And I thought we had to start with one of the most important things we can take a break from, social media. Now, just so it's really clear, I think social media is great. I think there's a tool for good in all of it. And I think that we can use it for good. But just like all good things, too much of a good thing is a bad thing, right? So today we're going to hear an episode that I did with Brooke White, where we talked about her own journey with using social media. In many ways, it was a force for good. It helped her find her voice. It helped her know who she really was. And it gave her a community she needed to help with her independent music. But it became something that was a slippery slope for her and something that was in fact hijacking her life. Brooke so generously shares those important moments that taught her it was time to take a break from social media, what she learned from doing that, and then how she was implementing change in her relationship with social media. From her, I hope that you can see how it can be a good tool in your life without hijacking your life. Originally, this was a two-part episode. We recorded for quite a long time. I edited it down to about an hour and a half, so I split it in two. And now we've had this edited down to a normal episode side. We're getting the best of the best of what this interview has to offer for you. Now, in our original interview, and it's still here in this part, Brooke mentioned working on a new album. And guess what? That is out. I have pre-ordered it myself with my own money, and I have linked to it for you in my show notes so you can do the same 
Brooke doesn't even know I am sharing about that. I really just want to re-air this episode because of the goodness it teaches us about taking a break from social media and how to make it a tool instead of a task master. I also want to remind you about the Dear Progressor episode that we need submissions for each month. The last episode of the month is called Dear Progressor, and it's where we feature voices from our community. They send in notes to their fellow progressors, sharing things that they learned about throughout the month or things that their life taught them that related to that theme of the month, and they share it with us there. To find out how to do that, go to aboutprogress.com slash show. We absolutely love hearing from real people implementing all the goodness that we talk about on the show. Okay, it's now time to hear from Brooke White. Um, well, I'm just a girl. <laughs> I'm just a human. Yeah. I'm like, it's like a beginning of a, <laughs> of a, a no dead yeah. out song. I'm just a girl. Yeah, I live in California with my, my husband who I've been married to for 14 years now I have two kids I have a six-year-old she just turned six just finished her last day of kindergarten totally cried at that and then I have a 21 month old funny and also I just love a lot of things I um music being probably at the top of that list outside of family I just Mm -hmm. I'm like obsessed with music and um I'm a singer-songwriter, I guess I should say. I started, Mm -hmm. a lot of people um, might, or I should say a medium amount of people (laughs) might remember I was on American Idol season seven. I was fifth place. Yeah, same season as David Archuleta Mm, for people that are trying to put it together. That was a crazy, crazy wild, life-changing, life-altering, super crucial experience for me to have in my life. And then I started a show called the, the Girls with Glasses, which is a web series. And um, yeah, so I do the Girls with Glasses. And, you know, since I've had my children, I, um, I've i kind of slowed my role down a little bit. Um, I felt like I got off of American Idol and I didn't sit down for like eight years. Well, there's so much I would love to chat with you about. What I've loved seeing over the last few years is you just sharing so much of your heart, so much of your struggles, so much of you figuring out who you are, these many sides to you that you need to to um, work on and improve upon. But what we're here today is to talk about your use of social media. You you do have a very committed, engaged following, both personally and with Girls With Glasses. It's become a, a big part of your career and, and who you are to share on there. And we're going to talk about how you learned to, that you needed to curb it and what that has looked like. But first, I would love mm-hmm. to chat about way back, you know, when this was all starting, what social media was like right. at, at the beginning. Um, how did it gradually gradually become something that was more of a professional thing for you than just a personal way to connect with friends and family? So so maybe how did this start initially with your own your beginning use of social media? Okay, so that's definitely a very interesting question. And um, looking back, you know, when I was on American Idol, social media definitely was not where it's at right now. As a matter of fact, I think the only thing that really existed, and you're going to laugh, and again, it's going to really date me, was MySpace. Um, but then after Idol, you know, fast forward a year or two, Twitter came out, and I really started using Twitter a lot to communicate with my fan base and try to go find all those people that might have remembered me from American Idol. You know, at the time, like, that's really important, especially as an independent artist. Like I mentioned before, I had started my own record label. And so I needed all the help. You know, I didn't have millions and millions of dollars, Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. I needed engagement. You know, I needed people that remembered and still cared about the music and remembered me on American Idol. So towards the, you know, a couple years in, Instagram came to the scene. I really did it very like, oh, this is fun. Just sharing some pictures, you know, Mm -hmm. like I didn't really think of using it professionally. Yeah. It's the Instagram kind of more is like a personal thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it makes me laugh because it was just whatever I really wanted to share. Really. I mm. mean, it was, it was a very just kind of light experience. And then as time went on, obviously it kind of started to evolve. I went from, you know, being a full-time singer songwriter to finding out I was pregnant, which was a surprise. And after eight years of marriage and, um, and then going into that space. And then I started, you know, sharing pictures of a, a growing tummy and, and thoughts on 
my life changing drastically with children and my identity shift. And, and then, then I had the baby and then I started sharing the baby and little by little, I started seeing this space grow and, and grow. It was not just, you know, my family and my friends, but I just started kind of building and building and building. And, um, I wouldn't say I ever really was trying to build it. I didn't feel like mm-hmm. I had was using really any growth strategies at that time. I just was literally sharing and mm-hmm. it's a hard balance to find for me because I'm such a such a sharer. And um yeah, and then it changed and then I started doing um gosh, I've really really changed so much through social media. I've gone through so many different phases. Uh and then I started doing girls with glasses. As I was doing that, I I we we started uh doing style blogging for Babbel, Disney's site. Mm -hmm. And so with that, kind of, I felt a little bit more pressure to be like, okay, now I've, you know, now I'm like a style contributor, blogger, and I need to kind of be sharing more of that on Instagram. So, okay, maybe I should start kind of like caring about growth and all that jazz. And I was doing less music at that time. And so, yeah, I kind of, there was a little shift towards more style. I kind of fell more into that of classic the influencer the you know Mm -hmm. the lifestyle lifestyle Mm. kind of instagrammer so yeah I was kind of I guess doing that and to be like totally honest like one night I was the the babble job was a really intense one um there was one moment one night that I was up till like three in the morning which was not rare it was like the really common thing and it was like the most strong strong impression stop. This is not what I want you to do anymore. I don't want you to do this. It was literally like a strong impression. I felt uh, like it just felt like it was, I just felt God saying, I just, this is not what I want you to do. You Mm -hmm. need to stop. And, um, and so I did, I, I, you know, over the next month or so, I really started to kind of pull back. I stopped doing babble and um, really started reevaluating kind of, again, what I was sharing and what my purpose was. Um, and, and it was hard because let me tell you, Monica, I love, I love fashion. It's just finding that balance. And for me, I, I see myself kind of just tipping too far the other direction. It was just a slippery slope for me. And um, it, okay. it, did, it, get a lot, it got out of control. Interestingly enough, it wasn't long after that that I kind of fell into my secondary infertility time, which really took engagement to a, a new place. I don't want to yeah. say, or engagement, just what I was sharing, like really changed. Like it really went from like this kind of like fashion and DIY to like kind of serious and super introspective and kind of dark at times because I was in a dark place. Yeah, You know, you kind of get to this place where you want to share the beautiful images and you want to share uplifting, positive things, but I wasn't always feeling really uplifting or I wasn't really feeling I don't want to say not positive, but just, I was feeling kind of empty, alone, dark, you know, confused and, and, and a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of anxiety through it Mm. and I had anxiety anyway. I was just going through a lot of transitions, like trying to figure out who I was. I think I realize now looking back that transitioning from who I was kind of as, you know, uh, just a girl and a, and a woman and as an artist and as just a human into a mom, there's like a major transition that happens there. It's just the transition. I think yeah. transitions are, you know, it's not to be cheeseball, but it is like the butterfly. You know, I'm sure yeah. like any, the butterfly coming out of the cocoon is, is kind of a scary thing for it, you know? Mm. And so I think there's just with some, some, some anxiety, some like, who am I? What is my identity now as, you know, as a mother and as a person, as a human, what do I have to give? And where is my where do I value my worth and where do I measure my worth? You know, it was just hard to figure out like wh- where, where I was, where I stood with all of it, I think is just what it comes down to. And so let's be honest. I think, I think social media is where we turn to, to kind of find that right now in our lives. And that's a really scary place to try to figure that out. I think you're right though. Social media um, in many good ways can be a way for us to produce, to create, to connect, to put our our hearts out there. And But it also has some really hard effects that 
in, in its time also take a big toll on that same creativity production um, and our ability to, pro- <sighs> you know, to produce goodness out there. And I wanted to know how, when that kind of flipped, you know, when that balance went towards more of the negative for you. And it seems like a year ago is when you were realizing that it, for a while you were making those mm-hmm. connect, connections, you're building that creativity and, and producing, um, that side of you that needed to be there. But then h- how did you see that the, it was out of balance and what did that look like for you? What in that moment when you realized you, again, like you had a, a few years ago, but one was another time when you realized I need to change this, my relationship to this thing. I, I just want to reiterate that I also feel like this is all part of the plan. I feel like social media is, is, is necessary and needed, but like all things has strong opposition. Yeah. Um, and so I, I agree with you. Like I am thankful for social media and all the amazing opportunities and community that it's connected me and offered me an so outlet through times of motherhood that I felt like this is my, this is what I have right now, you know, while totally I'm in the trenches, while I'm in my home. So yeah. I am incredibly thankful I just as we're you know kind of trans parlaying into this next question about when we saw it take a turn is kind of where we start visiting the more of like the opposition of okay mm-hmm. it's again the p- pendulum is swinging a little far the other direction kind yes. of like it did with the fashion the consumerism and this okay I started seeing the effects of Instagram really hurting me long before I did something about it I would say Definitely when I was going through my infertility and I was um, really in kind of a, 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 uh, an empty, dark place. So I kind of was going through that. But I also felt kind of tortured by my own perfectionism, which mm. how have I not even brought that up until now in this conversation? <laughs> but perfectionism mm-hmm. is a huge issue for me. Yes. Um, it definitely is for probably most of us. I mean, yeah, not everyone, I so. but I think maybe, in, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I think everybody does deal with perfectionism. It just depends on what it is. We might not all deal with the same issues of perfectionism. I, I have perfectionism issues pretty much across the board. And, um, I feel like going through that time was really messy for me. And so I think what was hard is I would share a lot and then I would feel like super exposed and like it was. And so I kind of like just had a lot of issues with that self doubt and um, feeling like, who am I? What do I have to offer? And again, just struggles with that identity and what I was. Um, when I, I, here's another social media platform. When Snapchat came around, I resisted that hard. I was like, no way, I'm not getting into Snapchat. Well, I finally got into Snapchat. And it was during my, after I finally con- um, conceived doing IVF, um, I was, I was still really sick and I was still kind of in this kind of dark phase and I discovered Snapchat and I think it was Brittany Jepson of House at Lars built who kind of finally talked yeah. me in to, yeah. to getting on. She was like, trust She's me, great. it's good here. It's like, mm. we can just be human beings here. It's so great. And I was like, okay, fine. So I got on and I just started sharing these little goofy, silly things. And I have to tell you, Snapchat helped me find my happy again. I know that sounds so dumb, but because we just, yeah, these little snippets and like, I feel like it was such a small place. Hardly anybody was following me there. I just, I just could just be Mm. silly. And, and, and I was in the kind of crawling out of that dark cave of infertility and anxiety and IVF. And I had a lot of guilt about becoming pregnant and fear about losing the pregnancy and a lot Mm. of very complicated feelings. Yes. And for the first time, like I said, I could just undo that top button and start and let my hair down and just kind of be fancy free. You know, it was, let's just say, okay, so Instagram started the stories and it was like, oh no, poor Snapchat. What are we going to do? Are we going to stick with Snapchat? Are we going to go with Instagram? And yeah. And so given that there was, you know, more of a following on Instagram. Yeah. Basically what happened is I transitioned over to, to Instagram stories. I kind of stayed the same there as I was on Snapchat. And I think a lot of people on Instagram were kind of surprised to see this side of me because, you know, given just Instagram proper, I was always doing 
Deep Thoughts by Brooke Handy and <laughs> just getting into the deep stuff. And mm. now I was like, hey, this is a really big part of who I am. And I finally found a place for it. And yeah, I just was sharing there. And it was great. It was really fun. It was really, really fun. You know, the beginning of these types of things are great. Like the beginning of Instagram. You just <laughs> share from such a pure place. Yeah. It's all just for the beauty and the love of sharing. And that's what I was doing. And then, you know, it was to share the pregnancy. And I finally kind of crawled out of the fog of IVF hormones. And then I just kind of got obsessive about sharing on the story. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I just kind of got extreme. Like, I just couldn't shut my brain down. Like, I just started just constantly streaming, like, all the things, like, everything I was doing. And before you know it, what are you doing? You're you're looking down. I'm not saying, like, any of that wasn't real. Like, it really is real. But that being said, it really took me out of my home. It like, got you in your head. With my children, you have a quote-unquote audience. And look, I'm a performer. Like, having an audience is, is part of the gig. Like, yeah. playing music and... You know, like, I won't, obviously, I was made to assert, like, what I do, like, I won't deny that there's a part of me, this, this entertainer part of me, this person who just wants to entertain. And for me, I just, I think I found so much joy and relief and relief and healing and doing that, that it was, it just, it's hard to realize that certain things aren't meant to last forever. And I realized at one point, like, man, you haven't talked to your own grandma and probably five months yet you talk to these people online you know like you give so much of your attention to people online and obviously they give a lot to like they're so kind and also I think because of the nature of things I share uh, I mean I don't just do silly things I still share kind of some deep stuff yeah throughout but I feel like people want to connect what I'm sharing people respond with really heartfelt things I'm telling you just really Mm. deep heartfelt long messages and yeah. so I can't just hit them back with a kissy face yeah. heart emoji. Like yeah. it's that's I really want to give each person the res- like a respectful like thoughtful reply, especially when people are talking about infertility or or anxiety or mm-hmm. they're you know being highly sensitive or whatever things. Like I do feel very very strongly about talking about these things. I think it's yeah. important, and I do think there's a strong value in sharing them online. But you're kidding yourself. If you think you're still, you're you're either living a life down here in your phone or you're living a life up, up here, you know, with your eyes up with people. Yeah. And to think that you're doing both is really where we're totally kidding ourselves. Yeah. And that's when I realized is just that my, my head was down and I think there was like maybe a day I was like watching back a video and hearing my kids scream in the background at me over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could hear this then when mm-hmm. I'm in my zone, when yeah. I'm in my, you know, my goodness, yes. when I'm doing the whole thing. One more second, honey. I got to respond to this. One more of this. One more of that. And, you know, meanwhile, like, again, like I haven't talked to my grandmother. I haven't talked to this person who I know could really use a call for me. I would not. never intentionally blow someone off or not listen to them. But we just, if again, if we were just to be super honest with ourselves, and if we were to look around at any given time, any given place, we're all in the trance. Yeah. We're in the zone, the fog. And mm, that's a good word for it. But just, just that alone and just realizing what we're missing in our, like our quote unquote real life, which I'm not, because let's be honest, now social media is part of real life. Like yeah. any time that you're spending whatever you're spending all your time on, which a chunk of it is on social media is part of your real life now. But what I'm saying is like the people in the physical world, your home in your presence, in your life, those relationships, like we are literally trading those relationships for social media and whatever we're getting there and whatever huge payoff we're feeling there, whatever's kind of fulfilling us in some way that I guess we're just, for whatever reason we can't find in our, in our, you know, our, yeah, I'm just going to say our real life, Yeah, you know, with our people. And when it hit me that way, it was, it, it was really overwhelming. But, um, and that's been a huge part of my, I think, quote unquote, recovery in social media is 
just realizing that we really have to be intentional. And I think what's scary about social media, and I'm sure there's tons of like real science that we're going to find out about this, is that it literally puts us into that trance-like state. Uh-huh. And um, it, it, there's so many reasons why I think it's it's creating, we're seeing it. We're seeing the effects now. We're starting to see all of these issues, all the things happening to our youth, to our families, our marriages, at what point do we figure out that the cost is too high? And are we willing to put it down? So for you, was this more of like a, a series of moments that kept pulling you to this thought, like, I need to put this down and or out of my head? Or was it one definable moment for you that gave you um, that push to to take a break and to set some parameters to, to become more intentional? I, I would say that it was kind of like, kind of like the, um, you know, kind of like I was playing the, the night, the 3 a.m. night when I was doing the mm-hmm. up now kind of situation. Yes. I wouldn't say it was as, as like sudden as that. Um, but it was kind of like, I think over time, I just kept having this feeling like you need to take a break. Yeah. You need to take a break. And yes. I, I had done, I, we didn't bring this up, but I did a shopping fast. Mm-hmm. Um, the year prior when I was pregnant from May to all through May to my birthday, which was June 2nd. And so this coming year, I was like, should I do another shopping fast? And I was considering doing that again. Um, and it really started hitting me like, no, you should do a show- social media fast. Like mm-hmm. that's your, that's, that's your current drug of choice. Like mm-hmm. you need to like I could feel its effects. Like I could feel the tension in my home, my kids screaming, my you know just just the tension. I could feel you know the kind of disconnect happening in my my real life with people, and you know, and also just I was wondering like what other types of things I was missing, what other kinds of fogginess I was in, like mm. what I had felt before with the shopping and the yeah. consumerism and the clothing and everything. It, you know, it was just kind of like, I just need to get clarity, I think is what I felt like, is I need clarity. And it also freaks me out, like, whoa, <laughs> am I wasting other people's time and taking them away from their lives? And the answer oh, is interesting. yes. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yes. I feel like it's really important to, to note that as all human beings, we really need this. But I think, and I don't want to zero in on moms, because I think all people feel this in different ways, the need for validation in your life or some sort of feedback, like you said, that we're doing good or we're doing all right. Yeah. So like for me, realizing being off, like not having it, like it was really apparent to me how much I was, I was leaning on that, how much I was kind of like depending on that for my, for Mm -hmm. my happiness or even in my brain, like some sort of hit in my brain that I was getting like, yeah, again, like there's, no, we're going to find out more about the brain. The, the dopamine, the, mm-hmm. the brain science behind why this is really so powerful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But um, after that first week, I decided if I was going to, if I was really going to do this for real, that, the, that I just had to delete it off my phone. Like, mm. I, I couldn't have the option to, to go there. It's like, you know, like when I, when, I, when I went on my shopping fast, it was like, stay out of you the know, bar. to me, it was like, stay out of the bar. Don't go to Target. Target was my bar. Like, don't yeah. think you're going to go there and not buy crap. Of course you are. Like, mm. you're just going to go look? Yeah, since when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So, like, for me, I was just like, you got to, 
you got to take the possibility. You got to, you got to remove it. So I took it off my phone and that's when things got really real and really amazing. What was the best part of that? that All I can say is it's just like, it's just like a weird freedom. It's just, yeah, I had all these creative ideas I wanted to like, there was some times where I was like, man, how can I just be creative right now without, well, I was like, well, you could still dance without putting it on your story. You could still dance. You could still turn up the music. You could still, you know, just do what you were doing. Like without, instead of having a conversation with your phone about a deep, or a deep thought, like call your sister and have that conversation, call your friend or Mm. get together and have lunch with someone and never even look at the phone during that lunchtime, during that, during that lunch. Like it was really amazing. I'll tell you what, one thing that really hit me and it was that I was like the only one not looking at my phone. What what, thing you realize when you're not on your phone is that everybody else is on their phone. Mm-hmm. And when it made me, okay, here was my huge epiphany. Huge epiphany yeah, is tell me. now you know what it feels like to be your kid. Now you know what it feels like to be your child. Oh. Like they're the only ones that don't really, you know, they're starting to pick up our phones. Obviously they're learning for us. They want them. They're seeing it. They're, they're watching us, you know, hold them and constantly be engaging with them, looking down at them. But for them, you know, how, well, I just wonder how like solitary and just, kind of depressing it was to always be trying to get some of the tension and or wanting to be a part of something and, and even and seeing that you're both of your parents are just glued to their phone like it That's was a huge eye-opening experience like this is what it feels like to be your child and I feel like mm. that was a really strong epiphany I had wow. during it and also I remember just being with other people and my you know friends or family and everybody was on their phones and there was a part of me that was like bummed and, or kind of angry like hey guys Mm-hmm. Can we just be together? And it makes, you know, obviously it's easier to feel that way when you're not in it. But obviously mm-hmm. I couldn't say that because I was like, you know what? You, you've been so guilty. But, you know, again, it, it took me being off, 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 like going off the grid to just really feeling and seeing it. And I'll tell you by that last week, it was so golden. It was so pure like the clarity of everything. Like it was, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but like when my kid was like laughing or just looking at me, it's like, I saw them. I heard them. I, I could just, I, I, I just felt like I could see them. I could hear them. And it, and I realized at that time that it had been a long time. It had been a long time. Mm-hmm since I had really heard and felt them, like I could look into their little eyeballs and just be like, wow, you've been here this whole time. And I feel like I've really missed Hmm. a lot of your magic. Hmm. And it's hard because, you know, we would turn to the phones when we felt like we need an escape from it all. But again, it's just that pendulum swung so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or to share it. Oh, look how magical this is. It would be even so much more magical if I put it, on a photograph and a picture with the filter and, and I turn up the contrast and then I kind of brighten this and then, Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, yes. like, <laughs> and look, oh. I do want to hold these moments. I do want to take photos. I do want to document. I think there's a lot of greatness in this, but I don't think we're documenting as much anymore. I don't think it's about documenting so much anymore. Let's, I think You're that's just right. the reality. And when you went through this whole month, and you have a lot more to lose. This is why I wanted to talk to you about it, because you do have a lot more to lose than most people to take a break, to pull it back, to curb your habits. It's a riskier thing for you, someone who is building your community for a reason. I mean, your music lies a lot in that. And um, your your evolution as an artist and with Girls With Glasses... um, it, you have more to lose. So how did doing that, you know, you've talked about the magic that you felt at the end, and now you're trying to find that balance. Um, what does that look like for you now? Yeah. What parameters are you exploring? What limits have you put in place? <sighs> and, 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 you know, I know that's not going to be a perfect, this is works completely. Um, 
no. or not, but what's helped no. you? Um, I think, you know, I kind of have been trying to, it's been a little bit experimental. Yeah. Um, and yes, you're right. Like right now I'm just, I'm, I'm working on a new record. Like I'm mm-hmm. gearing up to share and have to put something out there, which I got to be honest, it makes me sick yeah. to promote and to I share Mm-hmm. And and have to ask people to buy something. I mean, it's very vulnerable to begin with because music is incredibly personal mm-hmm. and definitely hit some nerves for me. Um, but like, I don't want to be all or nothing. I just don't think that's the answer for me. Um, it's yeah. difficult because I feel like that's how I have to be sometimes. Like, maybe to jumpstart it, right? Like you said, but not right. Not I mean, I feel like I can't. It's just, I just want to believe that I don't have to be extreme about this. I mm-hmm. want to believe that, yes, there is something really important and valuable in this. Otherwise, it wouldn't exist. Yeah. And that there's a need still to do it, but that we just can't go, like, let it just take over and ruin us. There you go. And, and ruin relationships. And there you go. But like the actual execution of what that looks like is, is mm. something that I'm really trying super hard to figure out. And, so and for me, hard. like I've made myself some like kind of rules. So, so right. What I've kind of been doing is I genuinely take off Sundays. Mm. I have one full day where I am for the most part, um, completely Instagram free. Yeah. And then I would like in a perfect world, I feel like two days off a week, like a, any other job yes. would be, Awesome. I like, again, what's hard for me is like, it is a job and it's not a job. It's really hard. I'm like, just going to just say it right now. I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, I can say this much. I'm trying to spend each day. I'm trying to go into it with a more intentional. I know that's a word that gets thrown a lot around a lot these days, but really in a more mindful, intentional place. Um, I did have this rule that to be completely honest, it kind of slipped back on a no phone when my kids are in the room and my husband. Yeah. But then that was hard. And I thought I won't post until they go to bed, but let me just like with the schedule I'm keeping right now, I'm, I'm doing so many things. It just got to the place where it was like, I was not posting at all because like the reality was I was always with someone. I was either with my kids or at the end of the night I was with my husband. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want to blow him off. It's like, when am I going to do this? Like, when am I going to post? And, you know, when do I start, like, find kind of that creative little, you know, spark of where I was at before when I was kind of going hard on, you know, there's like a place where I was just like really creatively, like coming up with so many great ideas and all this sharing. And now it's kind of slow because I've pulled back. Yeah. So I really just am like not sure. Mm-hmm. what I'm going to do moving. Some days I'm like, okay, today's your day. You can go full throttle, go share. And then tomorrow take the day off, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the like ideally I would love to just never have the phone in my hands when I'm with my kids. I would love to just, I'm so scared of what their future looks like as a result of me always having my phone. I just worry because we're already seeing the huge issues and who knows what it'll even be like as they get older, like yeah. what's going to be next and how it will change. But yeah. what we know is that they'll never know life without a phone in mm-hmm. their, you know, in their world, like in their just surroundings at any given time. And so for them and for their upbringing, like sometimes I just want to throw it in the trash all for them, yeah. nearly 100% for them and their well being. And that there's days where I'm like, it's totally worth just completely giving it up so that I could protect them. But Mm -hmm. then again, I just think because of like what I believe, like I really believe God to bring God into this for me. I feel like God is just demanding a higher level of consciousness about this. And it's like, I want, I feel like the need to use it. Like, Hey, you're going to need to, you're going to use this, but I just need you to be super, just learn and just keep learning and just trying to just keep being better. Just in terms of moving forward with social media, like I don't exactly, like I said, I don't exactly know what it looks like, but what I want is to not have a spirit of fear about it. Yeah. But more of trust as I put myself more in line 
with a like I you know in my in in my faith I know you share the same faith as me we talk a lot about revelation and personal revelation and I think this is really really crucial really really crucial this revelation thing some people call it intuition and flow for me flow is really synonymous with revelation Mm -hmm. and that is where you are not meant to do one thing for the rest of time like your life will take different shapes different forms different paths and the most important thing is that, that in all of it, that you're just listening, you're paying attention, and you're doing it. So if in social media, you get called to take a break, take a break. If you get called to return, return. If you feel like you're, if the thing is just that in tuneness, that being mm-hmm. in tune is the most important thing. And I think the big fear of social media is that, again, it can put us in that fog it can put us in that dull state. And so sometimes walking, stepping away is what's really important is that you can prime yourself so you know what it feels like to be clear, to be away from it, and then you can come back with a clear mind. That's why I feel like taking these mm-hmm. intermittent breaks more often will help me have a more clear mind about it. I, I think that. that's what my hope is, even though I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like. Yep. I know it won't be perfect. Like you said, it's about progress and just yep. continually trying and continually putting your best effort. But like, I know that, I know I'm not going to be perfect. I know there's some days that I'm going to like, I kind of had a little relapse there. And okay, sure. now tomorrow I need to do better. And yeah. um, I, I've done that. But like, you know, Monica, I don't, I don't have like a, and I know you, you framed it this way. I don't have a definitive answer on that. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to use my guidelines. Taking the day off a week for me is really valuable. At the very least, anybody listening, I would say first and foremost, take a break. Yeah. Take a break. Take a break. Whatever that looks like. At the very minimum, a week. At the bare minimum. But that's not even enough. I'm telling you, we got to have like, I talked to a girl the other day who's been off a year. And I just high-fived her so hard because I thought, wow, you must feel so good. When I came back off my first fast, it was I cried (laughs) when I got on and I was scrolling. It was like, Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to step back into this world. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a lot. Like I just will, I just want to be awake in it because I want to realize the power that it has the power, like just recognize the power that it has in your life and its influence in so many ways. And, and for me, what that looks like because of my background and what I'm trying to do with, with music, but also as just a human being who yearns and feels the pull to share and to communicate and be a part of a community and hopefully share some sort of love and joy and lightness. I mean, that is important to me. And I do think it's necessary, but at what cost? And that's the mm. big question. Okay, so you know, one of the words you said earlier about the effect that it had on you was fog. Like you just felt in this fog, and now where I think where you're ending up is, we're not going to give someone here's a list of what you need to do. This is how you will have the perfect balance. But what we're trying to get at here is get a clear head about it, and that's a word you just used here is trying to get into that headspace where you are clear. And it's not going to be 100% anything. Um, but that is the whole point of this oh. conversation is is pushing ourselves to is to not this all or nothing thinking. Because I think all or nothing thinking is actually a really terrible place to live. And it's not yeah, practical. It's not real. It's not reality based. Yeah. Nope. It's going it's to not. set you so- yourself up for failure. And um, but, you know, but like right. you said, having some aspect of a break to build that. To, to give that clear mind and that, that chance for you to think about and to evaluate what that's going to look like for you and then practicing it and evolving in it and changing it and shifting it sometimes daily, sometimes hourly, but hopefully we'll get to that place where we are clear headed and we're using it in a way that's going to benefit yeah. ourselves and others and our children. And I love that you are trying like high five to you. Yeah. For for taking this Thank big so risk. Much. Yeah, for trying and sharing it and allowing us to be a part of it and to learn from you. And I hope we can challenge ourselves to take that step too and and to challenge ourselves to take the risk, no matter what that looks like, take the risk. Um, so, Brooke, I, I have enjoyed this conversation so much. 
Um, when I when I first started chatting with you, I said Thank I you. love seeing the evolution you've taken on in your life. A big part of what I've seen you doing is embracing who you really are. And that's meant yeah. the parts of you that aren't so pretty, the parts of you that are hard to embrace yeah. and to find in yourself. I mean, a lot of, of what I've discovered in myself are things I don't like, but in discovering that, yeah, <laughs> what I want to hear my final question for, for you today is how has embracing yeah. who you really are deep down, the good, the beautiful, the hard, the ugly, how has that transformed your life recently to embrace you well really really timely question because I was just thinking about today and it was one of those things that I felt like was maybe worth putting out there at some point yeah when I turned 33 is when I felt like I had like a really kind of a a breakthrough for lack of a better word um a huge shift a huge change um really (laughs) and I just turned 35 just recently and I'm, I'm really excited about being 35. Like I don't feel like, Oh, I'm getting so old. I just feel like I'm in my prime. Like this is the prime time. But when I turned 33 is when I had this really huge, very simple, but extremely powerful moment. And um, for me, a huge part of my life was a lot of self doubt, insecurity, you know, lack of Mm -hmm. confidence, like so many people and a lot of self-loathing, a lot of self-hating. Um, and a lot of like, you know, because of all those unpretty parts, those flawed things, the realities and the truths that I was just never going to be perfect. And my fear of not being loved because I could not be perfect. I think that was really like my fear of, of disappointing, not just like people in my life, but even at a God level, Like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even sure if, like, I was good enough for God for a good long time. And that is a really rough space to be in because all you're trying to do is prove yourself constantly. And while, yes, I do believe we are here on Earth to, in some way, prove ourselves, I don't think we have to prove our, like, worth or our lovability to God at any time. Like, Mm -hmm. that's something I've come to find. But before that... I felt like I really did. Like I really had to jump through some very serious hoops to feel loved. And after I had Sonny, who was just the most oh, gift, what a gift. Mm-hmm. He brought this kind of light into my life. And I remember just like, finally, I remember I was in my kitchen standing at the counter and it, this thought came to me and whatever. I'm just going to, again, call it like a spiritual prompting. Yeah. And it said, it was like this, it was like a question. And it said, Brooke, do you want to love yourself? Do you want to stop hating yourself? It was like a really just simple question. Do you want to love yourself? Do you want to stop hating yourself? And it was like this desperate, like, yes, I want to stop. I just, like, it was like, I give you permission. Like, I want you to know, like, I, you are allowed to, you are allowed to stop. You're allowed to choose to love yourself. And it's not selfish. It's not self-centered. It's quite simple. You're just, if you want to and you're ready, go ahead. I'm going to stop hating myself. Can I really just do that? Am I really able to do that? And in that moment, it's like, I got it. I saw it. And in that moment, I was like, okay, I do. I really want that. I really, really, really want that. And it was just like, okay, you give it to yourself right now. You're the one. It's all waiting on you. It's all waiting on you whenever you're ready. And, you know, I just realized all this time, like God already did love me. You know, people in my life loved me. How much more love could I ask for? The one person that was holding like really, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's people out there that don't love me that we could get, but I'm just saying like <laughs> the people that were, that mattered to me, like mm-hmm. the one person that was withholding love was me. I was the one person holding it back. And when I finally, like in that moment, just said, I want to, and it was so simple. I stopped yes. thinking about hating myself. I stopped even thinking about what it was. It was so much less thought about myself at all. It was just freedom. 
And we're all trying, like, shouting it, self-love, self-love. But it's really something that no one can give you. Hmm. I mean, no one else can give it to you. Yeah. Other than, like, and when I say that, like, of course, God and Jesus give it to us, but it's already there. That's what I'm saying is, like, it's already there. It's up to us to accept it and to take it and to have it in ourselves. And that's why it's like it's up to us ultimately to use our agency to choose love and to let go of the hate, let go of the self-hate, let go of the I'm not enough, let go of the self-loathing. And I think when we can do that is when we start finding the freedom. It doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean that we have all the answers and now we know exactly what to do and how to proceed with life. Yeah. But it takes up so much less energy to constantly mm-hmm. feel like we're proving our worth and our love to others and to ourselves. I, I don't think I could have ever heard a better answer than that. So I'm really grateful that you would share mm-hmm. share so much, you share who you are. I'm grateful that you've been on social media. I'm grateful that you've taken us on this path with you and share the ins and outs and the good times, the hard times. And I'm grateful that you're sharing this struggle of balance too. And I just honor you for, for doing that for us and, and for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Brooke. I am so glad you listened to get the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow. Let's take your learning to the next level. Print off this month's progress plan that is free by going to my website about progress.com slash free. Also join our free and private Facebook group called a work in progress via the link in my show notes, which you can also find on my website about progress.com. And best of all, be heard on this show. Be featured on the last episode of each month that is called Dear Progressor, where our listeners really, really shine. To learn how to do this, go to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. You do have something of great value to share with this community, and we all need to hear you. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.